Hello, welcome back to Coffee with a Calvinist. This is a daily conversation about scripture, culture, and media from a Reformed perspective. Get your Bible and coffee ready and prepare to engage today's topic. Here's your host, Pastor Keith Foskey. Welcome back to Coffee with a Calvinist. My name is Keith Foskey and I am a Calvinist. I'm coming to you today again from the Southeast Regional Conference of the Fellowship of Independent Reformed Evangelicals. This is FIRE. If you're interested in finding out more about FIRE, you can go to firefellowship.org. And sitting across from me today is Scott Menez. He is the pastor of Riverbend Community Church here in Ormond Beach. Actually, not here. We're in Daytona, but just about eight miles from here in Ormond Beach. He's been the pastor there for five years, and I have invited him to come in and share his story with us today. Hello. How are you, brother? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Keith. Yes, sir. And I thank you for being here. And I'm sure our listeners are going to enjoy hearing about you. Now, I understand that you are from California. I am guilty as charged. I didn't know there were any safe folks in California that weren't <laughs> associated with John MacArthur. <laughs> there are actually a lot of us out there. Uh, we're, we're the silent majority for sure, but uh, uh, many wonderful believers out in California. Amen. Amen. Well, the one thing I wanted to ask you, because uh, you know we don't know much about each other, we, we've only met at this conference. Can you tell me how you came to know the Lord and how he saved you. Absolutely. I always love to tell my testimony. I was just actually a young lad. I wasn't uh, very old, probably six, seven years old. I remember it like it happened yesterday. Uh, my parents had to miss in church. We were in a good Bible teaching church, a pastor who um, taught the Word of God, and he was particularly doing a series on holiness. And, and it's just interesting as a six-year-old that I could remember that. I just remember coming home and climbing in bed that Sunday night and after thinking about how this pastor had so clearly articulated the absence of sin in God, holy, perfect, without evil. Amen. Um, and I thought, well, there's no way I'm getting in. <laughs> that became very clear <laughs> to me. And, and uh, the Lord at that point began to plunge faith into my heart. And that drove me to my mom. My dad had left on a business trip. She was sitting on the couch, remember it vividly, walked out and said, Mom, if God is truly holy, as the pastor taught and as the Bible teaches, I can't get into heaven. But I mm. think that's what the message of the gospel is about, that Jesus died so I can be holy. Can you help me? And there my You were mom, like a six-year-old Martin Luther. Oh, it, you know, my <laughs> mom amazing. said I was always interested in the things, but she was, it was that night that you saw that God had plunged faith into your heart. And uh, the next day I was up and down the neighborhood telling people how they could go to heaven and how they could be holy too. And wow. uh, I came back a little disappointed because the neighbors ran me off and off their, neighbor, <laughs> off their property. But um, that started a, a life that wanted to pursue a holy God and um, just a lifelong relationship with him through Jesus Christ alone. So uh, Amen. yeah, that's, and that, that, that pushed me towards a lot of ministry thinking, even as a young boy. That reminds me of a story. There was a, a pastor one time who went to preach at, a, at, a, at another church. And when he came back, they said, well, how did you do? And he said, well, I had two and a half get saved. And they said, oh, two and a half, two adults and a child. He said, no, two children and an adult, <laughs> because the adult only has half of his life left to give to the Lord. But the two children... Mm are going to spend their whole lives serving Christ. Yeah. So that's a wonderful, yeah. wonderful thing. Yeah. So I know you went through the 
neighborhood telling people about yeah, Jesus. Yeah. But when did you know that you were called that this was going to be your vocational life? This was what God was going to was going to support you through preaching the gospel. Yeah, um, He truly gripped me um, as even as a young boy and growing up and sports and all those things. I had a, a just a, a deep interest in the Word of God, and um, but you know had typical teenage years and playing sports and all those struggles that kind of come with those things. But I was sitting in a chapel with my parents put me in a Christian school. I was playing sports uh, in this uh, really good Christian school and they had a chapel and there was a man from Russia. He was actually a French missionary to Russia. His name was D. Chalandeau. I'll never forget him. He spoke extensively of smuggling Bibles behind the Iron Curtain. This is late 70s, mm-hmm. uh, 79, 78, 80, probably right in that area. Um, and I was so overcome by this man's desire to put God's word into Russian believers' hands. And uh, I'll never forget it. I know where I was sitting on the end of the aisle of uh, the third row back. I, I, I can still picture that today. And, and the Lord just just striking me in a sense. And I remember that day responding, saying, Lord, I will preach your word. If that's what you have for me, uh, I'll preach your word. And it was there that, that day, I was a junior in high school, um, that I said, okay, Lord, that's what you want me to do. I tried a few other ways, but the Lord kept bringing me back. But, Amen. Um, but, the, but that was the day that the Lord called me into uh, ministry. Amen. And now, since you've been at Riverbend, uh, that's you, has been for five years. Yeah, that's a pretty good sized church. How many people are you guys? Uh, we're about seven hundred. There's probably a thousand that call us their church, but sure. seven hundred yeah. that that attend regularly or so. In, yeah, that, in that's that, what so. that's what churches like yeah. ours call a, a big church. Yeah, because we're, cause we're <laughs> we you know we're a much smaller, but uh, we're we're thankful that the, the gospel is being preached in big churches like that because yeah. we know there's a lot of big churches that Praise it's Lord. not happening. So yeah. it's it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, you guys also have a school yes yeah and you have a seminary right so we've ever been academy it's k through through 12 um we can only take about 254 and i think we have 260 this year so oh, yeah so we're we're really loaded COVID, you know drove people out of the public schools and 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 some of the things they're teaching in public schools drove them to us and so amen I, we would say probably half of our student body is unsaved another half is we see that as an outreach for our church it takes a lot of work with our teachers uh to be ready for that and so yeah school's going well there yeah. And the seminary as well. Uh, yeah. So um, the pastor, previous pastor, Roy Hargraves, who plowed so much of the road for what I'm doing, he was the one who preached the doctrines of grace for the first time to that church. It, it had been a very Arminian church, um, held God captive <laughs> yes. uh, to the will of man. Um, Roy came in and fought some battles for 20 years. He was there 25, but fought battles in this this area of Florida that was just devoid of a reform teaching and, and what I just called true doctrine of salvation. Yeah, and he taught that. And, uh, and we were looking for a place where we could run. We've been in ministry for 30 years. Uh, we were looking for somewhere where we could really get involved with, with missions around the world, just seeing God save. We wanted to yeah. be involved with something that could run and not have to fight through some of the difficulties that we'd seen before. And so uh, one of the things is they had already had a, they'd had a goal to be an elder-led church, and they had a goal to have a seminary, but Roy was never able to get to those things. Well, those were two areas that I had done. And so uh, we immediately started to train men, and then we immediately started to put together the foundation 
foundation for a seminary. And uh, by God's grace, he brought me um, Brian Sheely, who's our academic dean, um, who had helped us plant a church, Cornerstone uh, Seminary, out in uh, Vallejo, California. He had helped us plant that one. He had moved to Tampa to pastor a church for a little while. Um, but that had kind of run its course, and he'd become available. And so I knew I needed him to do that. So God blessed us with Brian. He was the understudy to Dr. Thomas at Master's Seminary for many, many years. He's excellent in his languages and theologies. And so he has come over, is doing our academic dean. He's also my executive pastor as well, so he's a very busy man, but has done a great job, and um, God continues to give us students, and we're, we're doing everything we can to train them to preach Christ and uh, the centrality of Christ and, and a gospel that's clear in the scriptures and and, and Amen. based in the sovereignty of God and not man. So yeah, it's what a joy to do that. Well, it's funny, you know, you mentioned Pastor Hargrave and, and you know, I told you my story already. Yeah. The, our podcast listeners will know this. Those who've been listening for a long time. Several months ago, I did five days on how I became a Calvinist and I told the story and the band from Riverbend used to be called Canon. Yep. They were the ones who helped the man who helped me become a Calvinist become mm. a Calvinist. Mm. Interestingly, and just by showing the scriptures, when I say yes. it always sounds like sounds like it's like a club you're joining, but it's right. not. It's just helping right. you see the Bible. Yeah. But I used to carry in my truck five CDs, and mm. it was Roy Hargrave's Tulip. Yeah. And I've listened to those so many times I could probably preach those messages myself. So yeah. your 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 church has meant a lot in my life. Right. And the history there. So I think our job now, Keith, was to come to a church that was very steeped in the doctrines of grace, but had a hard time discipling and evangelizing in, in some ways. They, yeah. You know what? We know in our stronger teaching churches, we, we can sit and listen um, and be good hearers. Uh, so that has been our challenge is moving the church to a truly discipling church. Amen. Uh, and that's your goal. That's I heard my you goal. say yeah. that. You, yeah. You're a discipler. Well, you know, think about Jesus Christ. The first real command he gives um, after resurrection is make disciples. And That's right. And it's just an area that's hard because you have to get involved with people. I think guys who aren't shepherds struggle probably out a little more because once you get in discipling, you're going to end up doing some counseling, biblical counseling. There's issues that come along, but discipling is is taking that next man and and dumping the things into him that somebody dumped into you, amen. And uh, and helping them learn to love Christ like you love Him, learning to trust the Scriptures like you learn to trust the Scriptures, and uh, and that that takes effort because it's easy to hit. Well, here listen to the sermon, um, but to get one on one, one on three with guys, um, and we have all kinds of levels. We have a beginning levels of discipleship, the more of a, a a medium where there's a little more people, and then then a larger group discipleship too, and trying to move people along as they grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And and it's just a mandate we see from God, and we're, we're intentional in doing it. Now, I know this could take us into an hour-long podcast, so I'm going to ask you, <laughs> I'm going to ask you this. Yeah. What would you say is the area we fail the most as churches in the area of discipleship? Since this is your passion, where do you think, you know, even in our church, a smaller church like yeah. ours, you know, where, where do you, where do you think you see, and you've yeah many decades of experience now how long have you been in the ministry uh 36 years yeah now. so yeah. so almost four decades yeah where do you and and as a person whose passion is discipleship yeah. where do you think the the failures really lie i can answer that very quickly um i believe that we assume our people are more steeped in the scriptures than they are mm. um Amen. it's an assumption i think all of us myself included have failed in through the years and when you really do sit down with them and have them try to 
communicate or even regurgitate things, they'll struggle in that. And and it's just because they're so confident, they become very confident in you. You're our pastor. We love mm. your teaching, so Amen. forth like that. But it's very difficult for them to sit down and be able to walk somebody clearly through the gospel, understand a sovereign God and try to explain that to somebody, the desperate need of a, a person in depravity, um, having helping them be able to communicate that as they love that person, speak the truth and love to them. We tend to, in our, our, our more uh, teaching churches, that we can come across a little difficult. And I think that's what Paul was trying to do with Ephesus, teach the truth and love. Mm. And it's just a missing component. And, and so discipleship's an act of love. And I, and, I, and I think that's what we miss in our church, that we really love them enough to say, hey, I want to spend 10 weeks with you. Mm. We, have, we have a program we're starting right now. It's a, a kind of an early step that we've got, gone back and redone, and it's one guy with three men. And we take, we take three, three passages each week, and the men do observation, interpretation, and application. So let's take Genesis <laughs> that, 1. Dr. We, Howard we Hendricks. Yes, yeah, so we yeah, just started with and we come together and we sit at a table with a cup of coffee and we begin to say, brothers, what do you see in this text? And the conversations about God and who he is just begin to flow in the confidence that you see in these men as they begin to talk about this God that they're discovering, yeah. not just hearing it from you, they've discovered Amen. God on their own. And they want to share it with you. And so now you learn to give them confidence so that they can share it with the next person. And the way we built our discipleship program is we take three guys through, then those guys take three guys through, and so forth. And then we have other ones. We have a DTP, which is called Discipleship Training Program, which is an extensive program. Which it's 14 weeks, and it teaches from justification to what that looks like in the home, at work, and and so forth. And and that's a little more of a larger group. But but moving them along as as the as Second Corinthians three eighteen says that we're being transformed, being present continually tense, yep. being transformed into the image of Christ, and uh, availing ourselves to what God is doing in our people's lives. And I, I think that's the hurdle that we have to get over. And it's scary. I mean, Keith, it's you. It's scary to come to a church of you know five, six, seven hundred people when we got here and go, I want to disciple you. Well, half of them got up and left because <laughs> yeah. they go, Hey, we like good sermons and good music, but don't get in our life. Yeah, you know, Amen. and so mm. when we begin to realize that, wow, that's the weakness, and then we discover there was sin in the church. There were there were things that should have been dealt with, and, and so forth, because there was a lack of discipling of getting into their life. Now we see repentance and healing in marriages and stuff because of discipling. Uh, so it, it's just a passion I realized I didn't have in some of my early churches, and and just God convicted me about it. So. That is really awesome, yeah. and and it, you you said something, and I I kind of spoke over you, so I don't know if the audience heard it. When you said observation, interpretation, application, where is Howard Hendricks? Yeah, is a huge influence, and and right. I love the way he teaches. You know who I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, right? living by the book. Yeah. yeah, if everybody's read that, right? And, yeah, and I I didn't quite think of him um, when or or our elders. We really put this package together. This latest one. Uh, so much as Howard, but it's just that's a that's a natural thing. It's even absolutely, pastors, we absolutely. sit down and we. I'm always looking at the next couple of sermons and, and sections and just making some quick observations of things right. I see, you know. And yeah. and if, if we can teach our teach our people to do that, you know, and you have to watch it pretty soon. They want to get into gap there and all kinds of things. You go, no, 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 let's, yeah. let's focus on the the great <laughs> yeah. things of God. But I mean, yeah, but sir. teaching them to do it, and then pretty soon they go, I've never seen God like that that's because right. you taught them some basic good hermeneutic principles. Yeah. You get your hermeneutic right. 
you'll see God right. Amen. And so um, that's that's just our. Uh, it's been a motive I've used for a lot of years, and we're just we're continuing to to do that there at River Bend and seeing fruit from it. Awesome. Well, brother, I have been so thankful to get to hear your testimony, to get to hear about how God is working in your church. Uh, For the last couple minutes, I'm going to ask you, uh, I want you to pretend maybe you're on an elevator Mm. or maybe Mm. you've been introduced to somebody and you know you've only got two or three minutes. Mm. Take the last two or three minutes and tell me how you would tell somebody about Jesus Mm. in a very short, quick way, because there might be somebody listening who does not know. And you might Mm. say, who's going to listen to two pastors talk for 30 minutes and not know about Jesus? But maybe there is. And when you finish, Mm. I'm going to close us and we'll be finished. Oh, great. Well, I think it starts often with this question that gets asked and all of us pastors know this question. So what do you do? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I've been asked that question so many times, golf courses, elevators, wherever. And um, my standard answer is I have the greatest job in the world. And so often that opens the door for me to answer that question. And then of course they want to know what the greatest job is. And I usually say something like, I get to tell people how they can be forgiven from their sins. And that, you know, you're going to get a couple of reactions is well, this is my floor I'm getting off <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah. or they'll ride another floor with you to, to want to know. And so, uh, of course, first and foremost, we have to understand that we are in need of something We're we're lost and we need a savior. And so uh, helping them understand through my person, I usually don't point to them. I go, boy, I want to tell you that. Um, and I was a sinner. I was I was really apart from God, and and begin to use. I use always use myself um, as the the prime example of someone who is separated from God and separated from a holy God who's perfect. And and but yet God made a way for me to get through him. And it's through Jesus Christ alone. And I really I love to emphasize the alones. Um, I used to have an email called the Five Alones <laughs> just because I loved you know the Christ alone and faith alone and grace alone word alone. Scriptures alone, of course, and and help them understand. There's nothing you add to this, and when you know that you're saved, you'll want to serve this Savior. And so, uh, usually walking through those uh, is using my my um, my mode of of witnessing, and and of course, sometimes it goes really well and quick, and you know, it's just when you're on an airplane. This happens on the airplane all the time, and uh, you, and and you either have a good conversation for the rest of the flight, or he rolls over and goes to sleep. Um, <laughs> but it is a great opportunity always to tell people that you have the greatest job because I think we do and I don't think that's just pastors we all have the gift of giving the gospel out and and it is a great and however you want to say that uh, for me that's what I do for a living I tell people how they can have their sins forgiven Uh, and so what a joy to tell people that and and lead them to the Lord Jesus Christ through his finished work alone so amen well pastor I thank you for being with us today and I know our listeners have enjoyed learning about you and about mm. your church and hearing mm. that opportunity to hear more about Jesus and his yeah. work in your life. Again listeners I want to thank you for tuning in with us today and tuning in with us every day Monday through Friday at 6:30 for coffee with a Calvinist. I also want to let you know and remind you that if you are in the Jacksonville area Uh, Sovereign Grace Family Church is the church where I pastor. We have services every Sunday. We have Sunday school at 930 and we have worship at 1030. And we would love to have you come and join with us. If you'd like to know more about our church, it's sgfcjax.org. That's Sovereign Grace Family Church of Jacksonville. If you're in the Ormond Beach area, Pastor, tell them how to get a hold of you guys. Yeah, we're Riverbend Community Church. We're 2080 West Granada. Um, Find us on the web at riverbendchurch.org. 
com. Uh, and uh, we're right off 95 in Norman Beach. If you just uh, Google that in there, you'll find us. And, and our seminary is ChristSeminary.org. Um, and that's Christ Theological Seminary. And, uh, and so all that's on the website. Our, our, we have two services in the morning, Wednesday night services, lots of ministries going on there. Love to have you. Excellent. All right. Thank you. Well, again, thank you for listening today to Coffee with a Calvinist. My name is Keith Foskey, yep. and I have been your Calvinist. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Coffee with a Calvinist. If you enjoyed the program, please take a moment to subscribe and provide us feedback. We love to receive your comments and questions and may even engage with them in a future episode. As you go about your day, remember this. Jesus Christ came to save sinners. All who come to Him in repentance and faith will find Him to be a perfect Savior. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Him. May God be with you.